Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. I'm your host, Charity, and this is a community of women who want to be warriors for Jesus Christ. We are kicking off the desire to be comfortable and embracing a wholehearted abandonment to Him alone. Not through legalism, not through works, but through His grace and mercy. We're going to overcome the lies of this culture and replace them with the eternal truth of God's Word. So. Whether you're a student, a stay-at-home mom, a grandma, an entrepreneur, whether you're new to the walk of Christianity, or a veteran spiritual warrior, you are welcome here. Let's get started. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Strong Christian Female. And this week is Linda Bjork. Now, Linda is a podcast host. She is also an author. She has courses. I loved talking to her. Um, she really has such compassion for those of us that have been bruised and crushed in life and at times just struggle with immense depression. It is astounding the insight you can gather from people if you just listen to their story. She has a wonderful story from even a compassionate viewpoint of, of something that happened with her parents and how it affected her as a child and then affected her through life and what pulled her out of it. So one of the key things she focuses on is depression to hope. This is what I'm all about. We are not here to say it's an easy fix. You will hear that in Linda and I's conversation. We are not here to say that something is wrong with you if you need help. But we want you to know there is hope on the other side if we can see what's going on clearly. And that takes a revelation from God most of the time, either through someone else, through the word of God, through experiences, through living out life. But no matter what, just listen to Linda. She has this most soothing voice. This is also on our YouTube channel if you want to put a face to a voice. But in the meantime, her website is listed below. She also mentions it at the end. She's a nonprofit and her own personal website. Her own personal website is innovativejoy.com. And she'll talk at the very end about how to reach out to her nonprofit as well. Here we go. Linda Bjork. Linda, thank you so much for joining us on Strong Christian Female and the America Unchained Project. We're kind of doing a two for today, everybody. So I don't know what platform you're listening on or watching on, but Linda is one of my guests that I like to call a crossover guest. And it's because her area of expertise is so important and valuable in both these arenas. So first of all, Linda, thank you so much for being with us. And I want to start off just by handing you the floor and saying, can you tell us your story and why it is you now do what you do? Oh, Charity, thank you. Thank you for letting me be here and for being a part of the good that you do. And I love helping people. I love helping people become their best selves. I am an advocate for hope and for healing. And I am this because of who I am and the story that I have experienced. And I like to break it down into two parts. One is being broken and one is being crushed. So I was fortunate to be raised in a wonderful family with a mother and a father. But when I was about six years old, my mother experienced a, a, a tragedy, a trauma in her life that just overwhelmed her. And I became invisible to her. And I 
if I were an adult and I understood everything that was going on, then man, I might be filled with compassion and say, oh, I'm so sorry that you're going through something hard. But I was six years old and I didn't understand anything. The only thing that I knew is that something changed and there was a wall between us. And I thought, it must be my fault. I must have done something wrong. And it was so bad that these loving people no longer love me and they don't see me and they don't accept my love. And the messages and the, the lessons that I learned from that in my little six-year-old mind are, I am unlovable. There is something inherently wrong with me that means that no matter what I do, I will never be lovable and I will never have value. I am worthless. I am invisible. I am definitely not good enough. And that is the, the pattern that just locked into my brain and I carried it with me throughout my life. But you know, you can be broken and still live a good life. You can still be successful. You can still do good things and you can move forward. But inside my heart was that hidden secret that if you really knew me, you would know that I'm not lovable and you wouldn't like me. So I always have to have just a little bit of a mask on because I feel like I'm an imposter. Now, as I um, grew up, I had an opportunity to have experiences that were so horrible, it was like they were tailor-made to crush me. And that was very different because it wasn't that I could keep moving forward. I was like, I could barely move. I struggled with depression. I struggled with social anxiety. I, I just wanted to cease existing, to stop the misery and to stop the pain that I was going through. I've had times when I was just curled up in the fetal position on my couch, just sobbing, just like, please make it stop. So miserable. But almost no one knew. Because I'd had a lot of experience with that little mask of, you know, hey, if you really knew me, you'd know that I'm not lovable. Well, now I could just beef up that mask and say, well, if you really knew me, you would know that I am miserable beyond description. So I hit it and I hit it well. And almost no one knew. And I struggled for about five years in this horrible, awful place. And Charity, it felt like I had fallen into a deep, dark pit. And it was so deep that sunlight and hope and happiness could not reach me. And in this dark pit, there were no windows, there were no doors, and I did not see any way out. I thought, this is my new reality. This is as good as it gets. And now the best I can hope for is to endure in misery for the rest of my life. And when I was in that for about five years, and then my sister who at that time was training to become a life coach, she was hosting this women's retreat. And so she sent me a message and said, hey, I've rented this condo in the mountains and I'm inviting this group of women. And for three days and three nights, we're going to talk about how to be happy and to be joyful. And do you want to come? And I thought, no, heck no. Absolutely not. Because first of all, I was struggling with social anxiety. I did not think that I could handle being around other people day and night without a means of escape because I could barely hold a, you know, a two minute conversation before I needed to escape and just pull myself back together again. And 
I was stuck in a deep, dark hole with no windows and no doors and there was no way out. And I didn't think anything that she was going to say was going to make any difference because I was stuck. So I did not want to go at all, but the idea would not leave my mind. And so I thought, well, maybe this is something that I need to do. And so I gathered my courage together and I went. And that decision changed my life. Mm -hmm. It was as if my sister lowered a ladder down into my deep, dark hole. And she showed me a way to climb out. And it was very much a ladder. It was not an elevator where it was an instant fix with a press of a button. It took time. It took effort. And and it was hard. I have learned that healing is not like a light switch where you just flip it on and all of a sudden everything is all better. It's more like a sunrise where the changes from moment to moment might be imperceptible. But then when you look back, you notice that everything is brighter and better and it makes all the difference in the world. And so because I have had this experience of being broken and of being crushed, and you know, it's interesting because as I look back, my experience of being crushed was a blessing in disguise Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. I felt like I could keep going being broken and hiding that feeling of actually I'm worthless if you knew the real me, Mm -hmm. but being crushed and going into that place where I was so desperate for help, it healed not only being crushed, but it healed those feelings of worthlessness and being unlovable so that I no longer crushed and I'm no longer broken. And this makes all the difference. And because I have been in this experience, because I know how it feels, I want to be a person who offers a ladder to anyone who feels trapped in a dark place. I want to be an advocate for hope and for healing for someone who feels like, I'm stuck. There's nothing that you can say. There's nothing that you can do that's going to make any difference. And say, you know what? Just just give me a little sliver of, of an opening. Just give me a little bit of, just listen. Because I've been there and I understand. And there is hope and there is that possibility to heal and to be better than I ever was before. And so that is why I do what I do, to be able to help people to, um, to come to a place of, of joy. Yeah. Wow. So there's... You said many things <laughs> that I'm like, oh my gosh. But one thing I want to focus on that you said was, it was your sister who reached out to you. It doesn't sound like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it doesn't sound like you were seeking to crawl out of that place because it sounds like you, was there, so I guess my question would be how I'll frame my question is, what in hindsight was keeping you from reaching out for help? What do you feel was keeping it? I I think you mentioned it basically. You felt maybe it was your fault, but I, again, I don't want to put words in your mouth. Why were you not advocating for yourself? It took your sister advocating for you. What was going on there? What an excellent question. Because, you know, in retrospect, Wouldn't it be lovely if at any point in time I decided, you know, I am not as happy as I could be. Do you know, I I feel like I'm unlovable, but probably I am. And you know, it's kind of complex. Part of it is that 
I had uh, that, I, I guess you would call it um, self-sabotage or those self-limiting yeah. beliefs that had been a part of me from the time I was very, very young, yeah. that I was already unlovable. Yeah. And I didn't think that it made any difference what I did. There was nothing I could do to change that because it was the truth. Yeah. I didn't know any better. I didn't know any different. So in order to be able to advocate for ourselves, I think sometimes it helps to listen to someone else's story and to recognize, oh, I see myself in that story. Oh, I have felt that way. Oh, I have thought those things. And as we recognize and learn from someone else's story that there is another way, then it opens our minds just a little bit to that possibility. And then after we're open a little bit, then we need to become a little bit more self-aware. Because those thoughts and feelings that I had about being unlovable, I couldn't even tell you that that's how I was feeling. All I thought was, I'm not good enough. And that's so broad that it doesn't really narrow down as to why I felt the way that I did or where those feelings were coming from. So for anyone who is listening today who is struggling with any feelings that I'm not good enough or I am unlovable or any of those kinds of things, if you're waiting for someone to give you permission, I'm going to give you permission permission that you don't need to live that way, that you don't need to suffer, that your role in life is not to suffer. Your role in life is not to just serve other people, that you matter, that God loves you and you, you are a piece of the puzzle. Now, I know if anybody has ever put a puzzle together and it doesn't matter if it's 24 pieces or a hundred or 500, if you're missing a single piece that puzzle is incomplete. And it doesn't matter if it's in the, the main picture or if it's some of the background. If you have spent hours and days and weeks putting together this 500-piece puzzle and there's one tiny piece missing, it is incomplete. And it, it, it leaves you feeling empty and discouraged and frustrated. We are each a piece of that puzzle. Yeah. We matter. Yeah. Every single one of us matters. Amen. And it doesn't matter if you're the star of the show or if you're in the chorus. Amen. We matter. Amen. So first, permission. Permission granted. And now the second is an invitation. I invite you yeah. to come and heal. I invite you to enjoy the, the happiness, the joy, the peace, the fulfillment, the contentment that is available to each and every one of us. So that's, I think that's where I'd start. Wow. Okay. So I'm like, again, I'm thinking of all the things I, I'm narrowing my questions is what I'm doing. That's the expression on my face. So you, you touched on so many important things and I love so the so the the actor in me loves that you used um, whether you're the star of the show or the chorus member, because here's what I feel like I've seen even so many women do, so many men do. To be frank, 
there's a very negative culture that expects men to just suck it up and deal. Like, you know, they're having abusive, you know, coaches that are abusive to them and they're like, well, just deal with it, kid. And they just think it's how they're being talked to that way or being treated that way or being brushed aside. And then we become moms. And I'm here to tell you, there were, there were days when I was a mom of littles and I just felt like Cinderella. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, and I just thought this is, I, I chose this and I did. Um, and, and I, instead of focusing on the joy of motherhood, all I could see was like, you know, my life is so blah, blah. So again, that's that false victimization. Like I'm making myself a victim rather than I'm actually experiencing something and I need help. Not that you don't need to do a talk to someone, ladies, please do. But I, I think back to the beginning of your story when you said you were six year old, six years old. And I think about stopping cyclical, even unintended neglect, or I wouldn't want to say what your mom did to you was abusive, but just that, just stopping that narrative in a child's mind that is false and it's unintentional on our end, but it's, it's potentially there by the way we're, we're treating them like an adult instead of treating them like a child with this assumption they understand. If you could give your mom advice today as a grown woman who said, who can see the maturity, can see in a mature way, go, gosh, this woman's going through so much, but her little girl doesn't know that. She just doesn't know that. And this woman doesn't know what she's doing. It's very innocent on both sides. What advice would you give a woman who might accidentally be doing what your mom did to, to her child that you could lovingly intervene and say, I, I need to tell you something. Part of it is certainly your story, but what piece of advice would you give to us as mothers to prevent unintentionally harming our child's heart? The first thing I would say to this mother is to be compassionate with yourself that I don't want to add any guilt mm -hmm. to anything that's going on because it is not intentional. And what I experienced is called childhood emotional neglect. Mm -hmm. And yet it was done by loving people mm -hmm. unintentionally, which is very frustrating because it can happen easily. It can happen if you have a child who has a disability and all a lot of attention is going to that child. Sometimes the other children can feel like they don't matter. It can happen when you have one child who is maybe acting out and causing a lot of problems and the attention goes there. So it's easy to do. And there's a book called, um, let's see, Running on Empty, which talks about those kinds of things where we are in different situations, whether intentional or unintentional, that can cause these kind of problems. So first of all, let's have some self-compassion. My message is not a message of guilt or of blame. The second thing is that we can heal. So again, if we have made these mistakes, then we need to trust that there is healing available for ourselves and for our children, those people. Now, if we're in a spot where it's not already done and we're doing it now, we're in a place where we can act, where we can make a change, then it is very, very important that we work on ourselves, on our personal peace because the way that we feel radiates out and it affects the people around us. So for me, let's use me as an example of the person making the mistake. 
when I was struggling with depression and anxiety, I felt very much, this is my problem. Everybody else, leave me alone. This doesn't have anything to do with you. This is my problem. I was wrong. The way that we feel and the way that we act radiates out and it affects the people around us. So our number one priority is to heal ourselves so that we can be the best person we can and we can be the best mom and we can be the best wife and the best daughter, the best employee, the best whatever. It starts with working on ourselves. Now, if you're in a a hard spot and you know it's going to take some time to work through this pain, then it would be helpful to speak to the children and say, you know, you might be able to tell that mom is feeling sad right now. And this is not. Yep. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's so wise. I think, I think what's hard as parents is in the moment admitting our mistakes and, and, and it's never weak to apologize. It's never weak to say, Hey, mom has made a mistake and I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? Children are unbelievable pillars of love. They love us fiercely more than we deserve if we're really honest about it, but they will forgive quickly because they know they just, their heart wants to be so united with yours. And for those of us that have been raised in environments that are harsh, that maybe there wasn't unconditional love in our home. We were very conditionally loved. We can perceive our children as needing, as being okay, or because they're not being raised in that environment. We aren't trying to raise them that way. I've made assumptions that things don't or shouldn't hurt my kids because it's not as hard as what I went through. And I caught myself thinking that way once and realized, oh my gosh, that's so unfair to them. They don't know what's going on. These are children, and and I've and and you. I love how you put it because you said you might notice mom's sad. You know, kids don't need to know all the details. They just need to know. Hey, I'm. I I know I'm acting this way. I know I'm feeling this way, and you can probably tell because they can. And I need you to know an excellent. This is not your fault. Mom's just going through something and she's figuring it out and I'm, and someone's helping me or daddy's helping me or God is helping me or, you know, we, we don't have to be ashamed for getting help either. And then just say, but this is not your fault. And, and please be patient with me and know, I love you so much. And, and I would even say, cause I've had to say this, you know, in a different way, I, just to add one more thing, if you want to spend time with a mommy and you need to be with me. Just come touch my hand and I will stop and give you a hug because they just need to know that at any time they're loved because you guys, I don't know about you, Linda, but I get stuck in my head. I'm just like washing dishes, like a zombie, like thinking through all my day and my kids will come through and they're like, hello, like they're a little older, you know, and I'm like, 
what? Oh, sorry, guys. My brain was, and, and I've tried to teach them. I don't know that I've done a stellar job, but I have based on how I was raised and not wanting to repeat that behavior, not wanting to re- repeat neglect and abuse to say, I need, I, I don't need to give you all the information, but I need you to know I'm, 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 I'm trying to, you know, I, I don't use the words be more present, but I'm trying to be more present and I don't do a very good job. But being frank, that wasn't mirrored to me at all. And I get in my own little world and I realize this child who just wants to sit with me and watch a cartoon or play a game is getting pushed aside because of mom's more important life in her head. And that's it's just not okay. And I put that completely on myself, listeners. I'm not saying you're doing this. But Linda, I have one more question and I know my our time is short, but Oh, there's, when you, you talk about anxiety and depression and I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't want to ever take away or, or, or assume someone's experience is similar to mine, but it, two questions. One, did you know that's what you were experiencing when you were experiencing it? Or like you had said, you were blaming yourself cyclically, right? And two, First, did you recognize it in the moment that that's what it was? And two, if not, when did you recognize that's what you were going through and how did you identify it? What an excellent question, because how how can we get help for something if we don't even know that that's what we're going on? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I, I didn't, I can't say that I was thinking, oh, I am struggling with depression. I am right. struggling with anxiety. What I was feeling was intense, overwhelming sadness, and yeah. just a, a lack of joy and, and feeling very unsafe. I did not feel safe, not with anyone and not anywhere. And <clears throat> so what I felt was a lot of, a lot of fear yeah. Yeah. and fear of, of discovery as well. Fear of, oh man, if anybody knows yeah. how that I'm not handling this yeah. the way that a strong person should handle this, a capable person would handle this, then they'll know I'm a failure. And I don't want that. There was a lot of, of shame in, in addition to, to the other misery of just, I guess I'm a failure as a human being because I, I couldn't handle the problems that were given to me. Um, and and I, I felt like I lost. You know, the problems won, I lost. So, so no, I, I didn't recognize that. And, and probably one of the ways that I, I became more aware was some, some tough love from my husband who, like I said, almost no one knew, but he did. I mean, he could feel the sadness. He could feel the, that I was not, I was not happy that I, so he um, kind of called me to the carpet and I hated it. I hated every second of it, but it also helped me become aware. So um, one thing when you're in the, the role of a, of a spouse or of a caregiver, we cannot fix another person, which is very challenging. Because he, he's, I mean, he's, he's a man and he wanted to fix me. He's like, well, you know, here, let me, let me, let me fix you. What can I buy? What can I tell you? What can I, what can I throw you towards that will fix this problem? (laughs) Sorry guys, we're not beating up on you. We love you. We need you, but. 
<laughs> it doesn't it it doesn't work and I'm sorry and and we can't fix our children but what we can do is invite and empower so we can uh, we can let people become aware and say you know what you are doing is hurting me so I'm not blaming you what I'm saying is this is hurting me so they become aware this is hurting me and then we can we can invite but we can't we can't force and we can empower and we empower when we believe and trust that someone can can do yeah. it I, I felt like such a failure such a failure charity that to have someone come in and say i'm going to fix you it's like what i i can't i'm not even in charge of me yeah really Thanks, no everybody. no and so the natural is push back push back push back yeah. don't don't so it, it had to come in the form of an invitation and my sister wow. who uh, had no idea the way she presented it was an invitation mm. And when I talked to her finally on the phone and I admitted, I said, I kind of want to go, but I'm scared. I'm not in a good place. And her response was very simple, but it was just what I needed to hear. She said, really? I had no idea. You always look so put together all the time. But I understand because I felt that way too, where people thought I had it all together when I was miserable inside, but now I'm really happy. And then she also said, uh, you don't need to come if you don't want to. You don't need to come to support yeah. me. This isn't about yeah. me. And so in that simple conversation, she, uh, first of all, she didn't judge me or condemn me for what I was feeling. She said, oh, I felt that way too. I, I understand. Mm -hmm. And I thought, you felt that way too? I'm not alone. Mm -hmm. you, you might understand. And then to give me permission that I didn't have to go was so incredibly empowering. No one was forcing, you have to go to this because you are a mess and she's going to fix you. It was, welcome. If you want to come, I can give you information that will help. And having permission to say no gave me the power to say yes and to move forward. Wow, Linda, that is incredible. And it's true. I mean, ladies, you might be listening and you think, oh my gosh, I'm there, or I was there, or I totally understand. Or you might be saying, like Linda's husband in this scenario, I have a spouse going through this. I have a friend, I have a sister, I have a brother, I have a child. Invite them into this process of healing. Now we realize with children, we have to maybe handle it. Like we have to get the counselor on the phone. We get them there. We have more of a right over their decisions and we, and we can advocate very clearly for them, but to invite someone in to being out of the place they're in might be the very thing it takes because so many people do blame themselves. And guys, I understand there are things known as chemical imbalance, but there's also chicken or the egg. Sometimes that chemical imbalance comes because of our depression. It comes because of the environment we're living in. And, and although I'm not, dis, I'm not dismissing that, I don't want to be dismissive or accusatory or diagnose anybody. I'm always very cautious here, but it is, it is they one begets the other oftentimes. And if some, if you, you could just be the simple voice that says, I don't know what you're going through. I just want you to hear me. I see you're in pain and I want to invite you to leave that pain. Will you let me help you? 
And that help could be getting them a counselor. It could be, I don't know what that looks like. You will know based on your relationship. But Linda, this is so encouraging. We're entering into the holiday season and it's rough for a lot of people. Holidays aren't always celebrated with joy for some folks, and there's a million reasons why. Now, I love the holidays. They're sort of always been a distraction in my childhood, even though it was rough. I just love them. But I want to acknowledge, ladies, you may be one of the people watching or listening today, and you are walking through what Linda has been talking about, or you love someone who's walking through what Linda is talking about, or a coworker, someone at your church. You see it. It's as clear as day. She is saying the most simple thing. And Linda, I love this. It's so simple. Just put a ladder down their hole and say, please, I will help you climb out. But we can't leave you in this place. It's their choice. I love that you said that, Linda. It is their choice to change. We should never feel pressure to change someone else. But Linda, I want, I want to leave you with just, I just want to put a cap on this by saying, first of all, again, thank you. Uh, everything is listed below, but if the women listening and the men listening say, who's this woman? How do I get a hold of her? What, how can I hear more? What's what, again, it's listed below everybody, but what is your short answer for that? For those that are driving or, or like me or audio visual, we're just going to hear it and remember, how do they reach out to you? I run a nonprofit called hope for healing. And my website is hopeforhealingfoundation.org. And we have so many free tools and resources to help people to be able to offer this ladder to anyone who is willing to listen. And I have a free video course called Heal Your Life from the Inside Out. We have so many things. So I invite you to come to that. And like yourself, I'm a podcast host. My podcast is called Linda's Corner. And so um, lindascornerpodcast.com is my website. And you can find me anywhere you listen to podcasts. Oh my gosh. And I will say, um, just a total opinion here, but you have the most soothing voice in the world. Like I'm like listening going, oh my gosh. Could listen to Linda talk all day. Like you're so soothing and loving and welcoming. You're like the woman we wish we all had in our lives as a kid that would have been like, come over here. Let me just make you some cookies and listen to what your day was like. I mean, it's, it, it's just beautiful how God blesses us with grace. That is not a grace to keep us where we're at, but to help us walk through what we're going through to get to the place he wants us. And Linda, you are just such an inspiration for that grace. And I am so glad you were welcome. Uh, you were able to come on the show. And I'm just so excited to see how this springboards into helping more people. So thank you for being here. I, I'm just, I'm so honored to have met you. And I hope we talk again soon. Thank you for having me. This has been delightful. Thank you again for joining us on Strong Christian Female. As always, you can check us out on our new YouTube channel. Below, you'll also see listed some of Linda's resources. One is called Crushed, A Journey Through Depression. It's a wonderful story that is inspiring. And if you are struggling with depression, please check it out. Innovativejoy.com is Linda's resource. And I just want to say that there are resources out there that are wonderful, even if they're not 100% Christian focused. And here's what I mean. They should reiterate the word of God. 
but God heals the mind, the soul, and the spirit in everyone the same, but not everyone recognizes God's design in that. So even though Linda does, I want to be clear that some of her stuff isn't so much centered around coming from a Christian perspective. Her net is broader than a Christian audience, but her tools, her story, her help, her counseling, it's very solid and very good. And I just want to encourage anyone who's struggling, reach out, read a book, listen to her podcast, write me at strongchristianfemale at protonmail.com. But we want to get you as many resources as we have. A lot of that will start with just going to a counselor. Um, You guys, counselors are there to step into our world, but give us the perspective we need because we're often in just a bubble and we need someone to go, hey, hey, you can actually step out of this bubble and see things differently if you just let me help you. So thank you for joining us. We'll talk again soon.